Amen. Well, good morning and happy July 4th. It's good to see all of you today. And we've got some special guests with us over here. Our wind-shaped team has arrived in town. We're glad to have you guys. We've got an exciting week coming up. I, uh, Melissa, are we 350, 400 kids between preschoolers and Windshape? So are going to be involved... On the higher end of that, pushing toward 400 people, we've got uh, kids uh, coming for this week ahead for Windshape and, and VBS for the preschoolers. So we're really excited about this week, praying for you guys and grateful for your work and ministry. And it's good to be all gathered. Isn't this a great way to kick off July 4th? I mean, end it, end it with fireworks, sure, but boy, to begin it with fireworks at worship, there, there we go. Now we're having a good time. You know, with it being July 4th, I thought, hey, this is probably a time to have a message kind of aimed at that. Sometimes I'm in a series and kind of just go right on through. And we are in 1 John. If you're new to our church, we, I, we've been in a series in 1 John since the Sunday after Easter. So we've been at it for quite a while, and we're down to two more, which we will do the next two Sundays. Uh, we'll finish up 1 John. But today we're looking at what is a good American. What is a a good American? Seems like a relatively simple question to answer. Shouldn't be too hard to come up with that, right? I mean, somebody obeys the laws, they pay the taxes, support the troops, wave the flag. I mean, that's about it, isn't it? Oh, now we would say, right, and goes to church. Wouldn't that make everybody a better American? Uh, You know, from a church crowd, I really thought I'd hear a couple yeses. Yeah, okay, that's where we're going to be this morning. All right, I get that. But uh, you notice I said we would say, and apparently I'm the only we that would say that. But you know, that, that, that is true. You, you can ask people, hey, what would make a good American? And there would probably be three, four, five things that, that many would agree with, but then you're going to have the different we's because there's more than one we in America. There's a lot of we's. In America, and each we is going to have something that they would add or that they would take out of that definition and of that description. And there's so many we's competing, so many we's that disagree, sometimes kind of leaves us wondering just who is we the people anymore. But you know, as we move toward that, I'm not sure we could get today a definition, an idea of what a good American is that would get everybody's approval. But that's okay for us because we're not looking for the approval of everybody, are we? And I don't mean to say that like a, uh, you know, I don't care what anybody thinks. No, that's not at all the attitude. It's that there's a mandate on our lives to only seek the approval of one. And boy, it's, isn't that a blessing? It's a tricky road to go down when you start trying to get the approval of everybody. That's a life lesson right there that will change life for you. Head down that road of trying to get the approval of everybody and and you're going to be in a mess. But if we're trying to get the approval of men, then we're no longer serving Christ Jesus. We must obey God rather than men. We're only looking for the approval of one. And so that means today we're not actually asking the question, even what do we think makes a good American? We're asking the question, what does our king think? makes a good American. Now, that's a funny sentence in America on July 4th, isn't it? I I think there is a July 4th because we told a king where he could get off. 
Okay, so we're not about looking to a king, but you know I'm not talking about the king of, of, of England. No, there's another king that you and I have. There's another country that we are citizens of. It's a citizenship probably most of us think very little about and almost none of us let it have the impact that it's supposed to have on our lives. For our citizenship is in heaven and from it we eagerly await a savior. You see, we're not in America as Americans. We're in America as Christians, as representatives of heaven, as representatives of the government of our King Jesus. And Jesus is very clear to all of his people about what makes us a good citizen. He wants us to be a good citizen in our nation. And so he says very clearly, you are to honor authorities, you're to obey uh, the laws, you're to pay the taxes, you're to love your neighbor as yourself, and you are to do justice, love kindness, not just be kind, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. There's a lot of character qualities being pushed and promoted in America today. Humility is not one of them by any group. But do you realize as representatives of Christ, representatives of that government, humility is a character quality that we're supposed to cherish and live and demonstrate. So you saw those those verses up there. One, the first one was really aimed at being a citizen. The others certainly make good citizens. There's a, a couple of ideas of what a good citizen is from God's word. And we could add to that, couldn't we? We could add another probably two or three passages, two or three ideas, maybe maybe another ten. But I thought, well, that'll keep us busy for summertime, right? That ought to get us through summer. But this morning, I would like to add one more passage. It is like Romans 13, a passage kind of aimed at being the citizen, at what we do when we live with a group of people and we live under a government, what would make us good citizens. And this particular passage, I think, is for just such a time as this that we find ourselves in. In the United States. Would you look with me this morning to 1 Timothy? 1 Timothy chapter 2. I'm so used to saying 1 John. 1 Timothy chapter 2. You'll find Timothy about 90% of the way through your Bible. You're heading toward the end. You're going to find uh, the letter to Thessalonians, two letters, and Colossians before that, Titus, Philemon, and Hebrews. Beyond that, that's the neighborhood, if you're thumbing through your Bible, that you're looking for. But 1 Timothy chapter 2, let me begin reading in verse 1. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority. Now, when it says pray this way, it's saying in the way I just told you in verse 1, you know, praying for their, on their behalf, praying with thanksgiving, pray for your kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives. Boy, with all the different goals, all the different desires various Americans have, I, wouldn't you kind of think everybody kind of just wants some peace and quiet? I want to be able to do me. I want to be able to live my life and, and, and be able to do that without any interference. Now, as a Christian, it's not just about doing me. It's not just about doing what I want without any... No, it says there, 
peaceful and quiet life marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and it pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Three things that make us a a good citizen here from 1 Timothy. Three things. Number one, a good citizen is going to pray for all people. You know, that first idea there is one I'm not sure will give the weight and significance that it's due. Not because we don't agree with prayer, not because we don't believe in prayer, but because it's so obvious. Hey, you know what, y'all? We need to pray for everybody. Oh, yes, of course. Hey, God bless America. Amen. Okay, what's second? No, I think it's more than that. Pray for all people. Now, if I understand that I am indeed a representative of Jesus, I'm a representative of his government, that's my purpose in the United States, then that changes the we. Because you see, every we, this is just human nature. I'm going to protect my we. I'm going to advance my we. Our we is the church folk, right? I want to protect the church. I want to advance the church. And that's just very natural that every we in America is focused on their protection and their advancement. But look what Jesus just said here. Hey, I want you thinking about and I want you praying about all the we's. I want you to pray for all people. I want you to pray for all the people you like. I want you to pray for all the people you don't like. I want you to pray for all the people who follow Jesus just like you do. I want you to pray for all the people who follow Jesus, but it's not like you follow Jesus. You might even wonder if that even actually counts for following Jesus. And I want you to pray for all the people who don't follow Jesus at all. Pray for all people. Now, right now, there's people in America, things going on in America. You might look around and say, I'd be happy to pray for them. Lord, would you strike them dead? I don't think that counts. Notice the the word used there, intercede. If you're interceding, you're doing something on behalf of somebody. I'm not just praying what I think about that person, that group, those people. I am praying on their behalf. I am going before God for their well-being. God, would you give them guidance? Would you give them help? Would you give them healing? Lord, they seem to be really wound tight. Could you bring peace into their life? God, would you bring healing and encouragement into their life? Pray for their well-being. Pray for good in their lives. We're, We're praying for all people. You know, all people would mean that sometimes I'm just praying for a group of people. Nameless, I don't know any names, I don't know any faces. I'm just praying for that group. Sometimes praying for all people is praying for a person I know by name. Sometimes it's praying for a person I don't know by name. I know them from the news. I know their name from issues. But we're praying for all people. And doing so with a spirit of thanksgiving. Not hate, not anger, not judgment, but thanksgiving. You say, but I'm not thankful for that. What what, what would I be thankful for? You're thankful that you can pray. There's a lot of people that don't have that opportunity, not because God hasn't afforded it, because they don't have faith, because they don't know. You have faith and you know. Be thankful that you can pray. Thankful that you can pray to a God who has an answer, who has a perfect answer. 
Thankful that in this craziness, in this world we live in, you can do something that makes a difference. You can do something that counts. Oh, of course America needs, every nation needs people who are going to obey laws, honor the authorities, and and pay taxes. But what if that same group of people also had in mind all the we's of that nation and prayed for the well-being of that nation? What if? What if we just did what God told us to do? Pray for all people. Now, the second thing that makes us a good citizen, interesting, is if I do the first thing, I've already done the second thing. I, I, you really wouldn't need to tell me this, Lord. I know that. It's kind, of, it's kind of obvious. If I've done number one, I've already done number two. And yet God does go a step further and say, and as you're praying for all people, pray for all the leaders. Do you know why God had to focus on that one group of all the people? Because everybody everywhere hates the leaders. They're all fools, right? Everybody has a problem with the leaders. So God says, hey, not only pray for all people, but especially pray for your leaders. And isn't that true in America? They're all crazy. And, I mean, you know, I'm not even trying to be funny, and I'm not even calling them names. I mean, I honestly wonder, what is the psychological profile of somebody that wants to be a leader in America? Who says, I want to get out in front of this parade you know, they might actually even be a, a pretty decent human being, a, a, a pretty decent American citizen, maybe even one that I don't agree with completely or uh, follow all the ideas that they follow. But boy, when they decide they want to be in a leader in America, we will absolutely demonize them. We'll make them horrid monsters that should never have anything coming from us but hate My goodness, they need prayer, whether they're crazy or not. I mean, I wonder, do you think a leader in America will ever again have even 50% approval? Who wants that? I'd like to lead that. You know what we've done? We've created an environment where perhaps we never get a good leader again. What good leader would actually want to do this? They need our prayers. Pray, God, guide them, help them. Again, not just strike them with lightning, Lord. I'm, I'm interceding on their behalf for their well-being and good. You know, one thing I pray for leaders is, God, bring into their lives a Daniel. I, I pray that prayer about three or four times a week. God, bring a Daniel. Remember Daniel in the Old Testament? Here he is, a foreigner. He's not of the same political mind. He's not of the same religious mind. He might even be counted as an enemy. And yet he ended up right in the middle of what you and I would call the White House. And those leaders actually cherished his wisdom, followed his wisdom. God, would you bring a a Daniel to the White House? Bring a Daniel to our Senate. Bring a Daniel to our courts. You know, praying for our leaders is sometimes that's going to be by name. You're, we're, we're calling out President Biden, Vice President Harris, Governor Northam. Other times, maybe we're just praying, God, for our Congress, for our assembly, for our courts. But we need to be covering them in prayer. Much. Obviously, July 4th and Election Day is not going to cover it. 
I, I wonder, does even once a week cover it? Is that good enough if I prayed for our leaders, our government once a week? You know, even if I'm nothing but selfish, it seems like here in 1 Timothy 2, God is saying that praying for them is a path to a peaceful and quiet life. If you're not thinking of anything but yourself, you ought to be praying for our lead on their behalf, for their good and well-being. You know, when God says, hey, I want you praying for all the leaders and, and all the people, I think we might look up and say, God, have you seen some of the leaders and people? You want, to, you want me praying for their well-being? You know, I think the reason God directs us toward prayer is to change our perspective, to soften our hearts. You know, living in this world, living in our culture, living with people, you know what it'll do? It'll make you mean. There is nobody here that is immune from being a mean person. Nobody. If you're living in a fallen world, you can be a mean person. And there's a lot going on to make you mean, to make you angry. So God says, pray. Because I'm not going to use your meanness. I'm not going to use your anger. If you're operating, if you're looking at things from your meanness and your anger, I'm not a part of it, even if your anger is righteous. See, prayer reorients me to heaven. It gets me looking at things from God's perspective instead of the perspective of my chosen news source and my media and my hate. Folks, I'm not suggesting we just ought to smile and just love everybody and just have warm fuzzies. You know what? I think there's people to not like. I think there are ideas to not like, ideas to fight. What I'm saying is it is all too natural and all too easy for you and I to take on that fight in hate and anger instead of a deep and abiding faith in Christ. Maybe the people around you know where you are on the issues. Maybe they don't know where you are on the issues. Maybe they see your emotions. Maybe they don't see your emotions. They should 100% of the time see your deep and abiding faith in Christ, that means you and I can rest. Pray for all people. Pray for all the leaders and desire for all people. The third thing, desire. Look at the word all again. You know, if I'm just a human living in a culture, then I'm concerned about the humans that are like me and what, what I want. But I'm not just a human living in this culture. I'm a follower of Christ representing for heaven. And that means I've got an eye for everybody. And I desire for all people what God desires for all people. And that is to be saved. Your God wants all people to be saved. You know, there's a, Jesus tells a parable about somebody getting saved. That's a person we don't like. And guess what? We don't like it. <laughs> I, I don't like, do, do I desire? I mean, think about this, folks. God wants all Republicans to be saved. He wants all Democrats to be saved. He wants all the people that don't call themselves a Republican or a Democrat to be saved. He wants the oppressor and the oppressed. He wants every race and creed and color. He wants the rich people and the poor people. He wants them all saved. He wants the people that are a lot like you and the people that are not at all like you. He wants every single one of them to be saved. Do you desire all people to be saved? Sitting in church, we sure do, right? 
And I, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that if you weren't sitting in church, you would say no. I, I think most of us would say, yes, of course, I desire all people to be saved. I don't think about that very much, and I don't act on it very much. But when I'm reminded of it in church, yes, of course, I want all people to be saved. That's my desire. Is it your desire? You know, I've noticed something about my own life. When I have desires, I act on them. Always. Now, I've got some bad desires that I try not to act on, but that's another sermon. But if I have a neutral desire, I have a good desire, I act on my desires every single time. If I desire a glass of water, I get up and get a glass of water. If I desire to go outside, I go outside. If I desire to meet somebody, I walk over there and meet them. If, there's, if I desire something, I act on it. So if you and I say, oh, man, yeah, just like God, I desire all people to be saved. How are you acting on that? If there's zero activity, then don't say you desire all people to be saved. When it, when it comes to this, I, always, I just think of three simple ways. Pray, give, and go. How am I praying? Of course, that's what this passage is about. How am I praying about all people being saved? How am I praying for the people, the ministries that are going into my community and going around the world carrying the gospel? I can pray. That's, that's acting on that desire. I can give. I can support ministries that go into the community and go around the world carrying the gospel. And I can go. Praying and, go, praying and giving is not a, a substitute for going. We're to be a people who carry the gospel. You know, when I say I desire all people to be saved, can all people, all people, can they see that on my face? Can they hear that in my tone of voice? Can they see it in my post and my tweets? Can they see it in what I'm involved with that I desire all people to be saved? If you're human, and I assume all of you are, then it's hard to do what we're talking about. All people pray for the good and well-being of all people Desire salvation for, for all people. I mean, don't, isn't there just a little part of you that wants to say, hey, God, have you seen all these people? Have you seen what they're doing? As a matter of fact, God, when are you going to do something about it? Don't we wonder that every now and then? Seems like God should act somewhere along here. You know, one of the rests that you and I have as believers, one of the places of peace that we have as believers is nobody's getting away with anything. Nobody ever. Nobody ever has. Nobody ever will. Nobody gets away with anything. God will bring justice. God will bring judgment. There is 100% of the time a consequence for rebelling against and rejecting God and rebelling and rejecting His Word. There is a hell. In Ezekiel 33, verse 11, God says, tell them, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turns from their way and lives in the truth. God says, Ezekiel 33, 11 is just the other side of 1 Timothy 2, 4, isn't it? One says, I desire all people to be saved. The other says, I take no pleasure 
Justice will come because that's what a loving God does. But God takes no pleasure in seeing people judged. I want to leave us with a question this morning. I'm, I'm not sure we can answer this question. I'm, I'm not sure we can be honest enough with ourselves to answer this question. But it is a question I want to plant in our minds based on 1 Timothy 2.4 and Ezekiel 33.11. Based on all the people that you and I are being called to pray for. Here's the question. Would I celebrate the salvation of bad Americans as much as I would celebrate the defeat of bad Americans? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and You have spoken very clearly and you have said to us, as my representatives in this nation, I want you to pray for all people. When you hear those two words, all people, who comes to your mind? What group comes to your mind? Take a moment right now and pray for them. Pray for their well-being. Pray they experience what you perceive and believe is the good of America. Pray that over them. Take that mo- take a moment right now and and pray for the all people that come to your mind. God has spoken very clearly and he has said I I want you to pray for your kings and for all who are in authority. When you hear that, what leader comes to your mind? What, what group of leaders come to your mind? Pray for them right now. Pray for their well-being. God has so profoundly and clearly said over and over and over, I desire the salvation of all people. When you think of somebody in your life right now, an individual who needs the gospel, who needs to be saved, pray for them right now. Pray for their salvation in this moment right now. And now pray for the salvation, maybe of somebody that you don't know, but that's, that's out there in America, that's a part of that, all people. Pray for them that they would come to the knowledge of God's love and his forgiveness, his acceptance. Pray that they would come to know the joy of his salvation. Lastly, would you pray that the church remembers the battle that it's in? And that our joy 
would be to see people against the church, against us. Our joy would be to see them saved. Not that our joy would be to see them defeated. Our God and Savior, hear our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen.